The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, October 17th, and today one day before the start of the NBA regular season. We are looking at some of our favorite picks and some of our biggest regrets of this draft season. Essentially, some notable takeaways from all the fantasy drafts we've collectively done, which will hopefully be helpful whether you've already drafted all your teams and you're wondering what you did, or you still have some drafts left to go. So we'll get into all of that and more coming up. I'm joined by Jared Johnson and Dr. A, Steve Alexander. And guys, I just got to say up front, if you're watching this on video, you may notice I have a a slight wound on my nose. And this is a basketball-related injury. Um, I recently broke a finger playing basketball, actually, like in, a, in an actual pickup basketball game. I'm just coming back from that. This injury was a little more embarrassing how it happened. Um, I was playing horse with my, with my son over the weekend. And, you know, uh, it got to occasionally pull out the over-the-backboard shot. You know what I mean? From behind the backboard. <laughs> a staple. A staple of any horse game, you know? So... I was I was shooting one of those and ball goes up, left a little short, came down the back, hard carom off the back side of the backboard and just rocketed right into my face. So <laughs> that's why I have this slight scratch on my nose, which is uh pretty embarrassing. I'm embarrassed about How that. did your son react? Do you think it was funny? Or was I he mean, scared? yeah. Yeah, he loves it. anytime, you know, dad gets hit in the head with anything. Yeah, you know, that's the best. How can you beat it? <laughs> That's I was also good, at a, I, I was also at a family gathering uh, Sunday night, and like three consecutive people within four minutes were like, "Oh hey, uh, some something's wrong with your nose." Like, "Hey Matt, what happened to your nose?" Matt, your nose. Like, have I not talked to you? Did we not just talk? Like it, everyone, I was like, uh, anyways. Dude, when I, I was a, I'm an idiot. when I was like in eighth grade, I was playing golf with my father, and I hit a three iron, and uh. It hit a tree about two inches <laughs> wide, 15 yards in front of me. It came back and hit me oh, squarely man. between the eyes. And yeah. I, I had a pair of Ray-Bans on it, like shattered those. And uh, like I, had this huge, I had this huge knot on my head. Uh, and people were, calling, people were calling me knothead. <laughs> that was pretty we can call me We can call me knothead for the rest of this podcast if we want to. No strip. Happy to go by that. <laughs> no strip. <laughs> you can call me no strip if you want. It does kind of look like I have like a breathe right thing. On my okay. <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Uh, takeaways from drafts, fantasy drafts we've done, uh, mistakes, regrets, uh, victory laps, any of the above. We'll get into some late round flyers, a little speed round later. So I'm going to start here. And I, I was just noticing this this morning, guys. Uh, this is about Tyrese Halliburton, just a takeaway. For all of the hype, on average, he still didn't quite get into the first round of your average Yahoo fantasy draft. The Yahoo ADP sits at 14.1 on the eve of the season. 
On average, he's the 12th player off the board. So technically, sure. Okay. Yeah. But I guess, Jared, uh, starting, I'm just a little surprised that uh, you can still land him uh, in the second round in some leagues. And it just still feels like a huge advantage. I haven't really talked to you about Halliburton much, Jared. Are you as excited as everyone else is heading to the season on this guy? Uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't think I'm quite as high on Tyrese Halliburton as Zach and and Ryan are. Mm-hmm. And I like him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I have him ranked at 15. So to see sure. to for an average ADP of 14, that sounds very reasonable to me. Um, you know, I think we get a little bit hyper obsessed about like first round. And mm-hmm. honestly, the league is so talented now. I think that we have roughly 20 first round players. So it doesn't like whether he's going at the end of round one or at the top of round two, I think that's about where he should go. And I think he's going to have a really good season. Right. But, but I mean, in the, in the same uh, breath, you got to make sure you nail that second round. It's all the more pressure to nail that second round pick, right? I mean, if other people are getting effectively two first round guys, potentially you want to be one of those people. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think that Halliburton's – I'm not concerned about him not performing. Like, I don't understand – like, the really yeah. the only <laughs> negative would be him getting shut down. And you could say that about so many different players. It's almost like the health thing is is really mm-hmm. uniquely tied to Jokic at this point. And honestly, you're only healthy till you're not. And, you know, Jokic had that preseason wrist issue. So, Right. Steve, do you feel that uh, Ryan and Zach failed by not getting Halliburton's average draft position into the first round? Is that is that too harsh to say? Absolutely, they they, <laughs> they have completely failed. No, I don't think that was the goal. I don't. I, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, I guess looking at it, uh, I guess we could be like, "Hey, guys, like we have a meeting. Like, let's let's see like trading places with with eddie murphy like let's see if we can take this guy and make him a thing like that would be kind of fun to do i don't i don't know that we've ever intentionally done that though and and i know that uh the halliburton hype was was pretty high i think ryan took him fifth in the draft i'm sitting here looking at uh Mm -hmm. and i know he was going first round in every draft that i did i think the i think the the drafts he didn't go first round in were maybe uh, from people who don't don't read Roto World or don't listen to our podcast. But uh, no, they didn't fail. I, I I love Halliburton. I hope he doesn't get shut down. I hope the Pacers. You know, if I was the Pacers, man, I would be tanking it up so hard. I'd be like, I'm playing Halliburton. Yeah. I'm playing Mathurin or however you say his name, Mathurin, and then yeah. nobody else. I'm not playing anyone else. Like those two guys and a bunch of scrubs are all we're putting out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, next topic here. Uh, I just feel like, and I want you guys to tell me whether you think I'm wrong. I feel like the the fantasy hoops world may have once again, another year that everyone is slightly too low on Terry Rozier. I think in the past couple years, we were way too low, way too low on average where we drafted. And this year, still a little too low, I think. The ADP, 47.5 on Yahoo. Last year, this guy was the 30th ranked player in nine category leagues. And this stat line, what are you going to argue with? 19.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 3.03 pointers, 44 from the field, 85 from the line, a guard who gets 1.3 turnovers. It's a nine category dream. Jared, I saw you. Uh, nodding emphatically while I was saying that. So let's hear your thoughts first. 
I love Scary Terry this year. Um, I think that you're absolutely right. Uh, his ADP is pretty darn low. I've seen him regularly go round five. I'm fine with taking him round four. Um, I think that he's going to have an incredible season. Look, I, Miles Bridges, I think, is unlikely to play. But mm-hmm. you could look at his numbers the past two years, and they're pretty darn similar. There's a little bit scoring the previous season when Miles Bridges was uh, significantly less uh, part of the offense. But, you know, he, he's been a steady top 40 player for two years running. Top 30 last year, top 40 the previous season. He's not a chucker anymore. He's been shooting good percentages. Right. And I just think that there's an absolute feast to be had in Charlotte. Uh, with Miles Bridges potentially out for the year. And uh, also, uh, LaMelo Ball looks like he may start the season on the sidelines. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's some more just right out the gates, uh, some more playmaking and, and shot opportunities for Mr. Scary Terry. I absolutely love him. I think he's excellent, excellent, excellent value uh, in the fifth round or later. Yeah, and I don't think it's a matter of if uh, LaMelo is going to miss the start of the season. I, I think he's going to sit for like a month. Um, three weeks, three mm. weeks, maybe. Um, so yeah, I think that, that helps Terry Rozier. Like you said, Miles Bridges being up in the air and probably not playing this year. That helps him. I mean, this is a team that's going to be looking at Dennis Smith Jr. As their, as their point guard, I think, uh, for a minute. So uh, Terry Rozier should carry the weight of the world on his shoulders for that team. And, uh, you know, I don't have him on any of my teams. Yeah. And he's not one of my guys, but I mean, you're right. I mean, if you get him fifth or sixth round, it should just be an absolute steal. To Jared's point, I'm more than happy to take him in the fourth um, round myself. Uh, Okay. Next one. Uh, And by the way, on LaMelo, I mean, maybe not. I, I think Jared and I both would not being doctors guess less than a month based on what we've read. Yeah, um, to start the season, but I mean, could easily—I don't know—is it a couple weeks? Is it a few weeks? Either way, I think we're still drafting Lamelo proactively. Just have to be prepared to weather that absence. And yeah, one way true. to do that is to draft Rogier, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't mind—I do not mind pairing those two da- two guys together in fantasy at all. I did that in at least one league last year, and it was a lot of fun. This next one is a regret for me as well. I feel like at the moment I don't have enough OG Ananobi. I, I got him in a draft uh, that I do with some friends on Sunday night. Uh, coming off that 32-point preseason game, two blocks, four triples. The scoring average has gone up every year he's been in the league. We've talked about this before. It went from 5.9 to 7 to 10.6 to 15.9 to 17.1. Jared, I'd say the main question here is health. 43 and 48 games played the last two years, but... I know at least last year you were high on OG Ananobi. So how did that experience shape you after getting a very productive guy, but for only 48 games? Right. So I have him about 50-50 split in my leagues. I, I am somewhat concerned about the health. I'm somewhat concerned about Scotty Barnes taking another leap and taking some of shots away from him. Um, but, you know, like I said, I have him in about 50% of my leagues. So... I took the swing half the time. He's a really talented player. He can give you elite steals. Like you said, the scoring's been going up. Let's see if he can really become that. Can he be a number two option or or, or like a 2B next to Siakam and Fred Van Vliet? 
See, that's where I'm con- I'm concerned about how he's going to get those shots. But uh, you got to love the steals numbers that he could, the defensive stats, the triples. He does it all, and he really doesn't hurt you anywhere. So it's just if he can get through sixty plus games, I think he'll be an absolute steal from round five. I don't have any OG Ananobi on my team. Uh, not one of my guys. I think the fifth round, I was spending all my energy on the Alperin Shingoons and Desmond Baines of the world. <laughs> maybe some Jalen Brunson, maybe some Devin Vassell. But I, I uh, missed out on Ananobi. Um, good player, solid value, kind of boring. Not really a, a Dr. A combination of things there. And yes, I did just talk about myself in the third person. The next name on the list here for me is Miles Turner. And this is another regret, guys, because I feel personally that I never figured out what my stance was or is on Miles Turner this year in fantasy. I have a lot of players I feel strongly about drafting or not drafting, and I could never quite dial in what to do about this guy who has a Yahoo ADP of 40. He's dominant in blocks when he plays 2.8 this past season, but he's coming off a year where he, he played just 42 games. Uh, Steve, if anything, I think I landed on maybe a soft fade of Miles Turner, but I mean, in a draft on Sunday night, I'm sitting there thinking, maybe this is the draft where I take him. I, I can't quite do it, but I know that this is potentially a great pick in the fourth round. Where do you land on this one? And I want to hear from you too, Jared. You know, I've always been a Miles Turner guy. He's always been on my teams. I keep talking about that team I had last year that had LaMelo and Luca on it, along with Jared Allen and Miles Turner, and uh, we just rolled people. And then Miles Turner and Jared Allen both went down. And once that happened, that season was over. I, I, I did not like losing Miles Turner last year. I do not like the trade rumors surrounding him this year. I don't like the tank fest that's going to happen with the Pacers. And we don't know where Miles Turner may land. I don't love him if he stays um, in Indy. So I, I don't have any shares of Miles Turner. Now mm-hmm. we do have one more major, major draft coming this evening. It's Jared big Johnson's one. company league. The big and, one. Uh, you know, Matt, there will be your chance maybe to get you some Miles Turner. But why don't you like the trade rumors? Because if you don't want him to stay in Indiana, I mean, I don't really think his stats get worse on another team. He's able to do... Depends on where he goes. But he's able to look at his minutes. I think they were about 28 last year. So he's able to do top 40 numbers with under 30 minutes a night, basically. Um, You know, I wasn't over the moon with Miles Turner to start the season. But when we saw Mm -hmm. injuries to Robert Williams and Jaron Jackson Jr. and just the disparity of shot blocking centers this season, I I had to bump him up a little bit. Um, I have him in a couple leagues. I like him way more in roto formats because I've just seen him even in 50 games. He just dominates that shot blocking category. It's basically a guaranteed Mm -hmm. 12 for you. And I've seen in multiple seasons, multiple leagues, um, Basically, Miles Turner being one of the key factors in winning those. Less, I'm less uh, excited about him in head-to-head formats, but I still would take him just because of the amount of uh, the lack of shot blocking centers. And it kind of would depend mm-hmm. on who's available around four. I prefer Jarrett Allen, but you know, if there's a run on centers and it, the drop off is Miles Turner or Jonas Valanciunas, I want Miles Turner. That's fair. I think my my move I find myself going with is waiting on Turner and taking the discount or what I see as a discount on Clint Capella, which I've mentioned a lot. 
Mm -hmm. um so i mean others may disagree with that you know. this is like the first year that i don't like clint <gasps> what? i know i know i just is it last season i felt like he took a somewhat of a step back and yeah, i'm for sure marginally concerned about this timeshare <laughs> with onyeka and the shot blocking numbers were about one last season i did not love that yeah um, 1.3 but I, I hear you um, you know, if you if you find yourself needing a center round seven and you need some boards, I get it. But it's not I'm not I used to be so excited to take him round four. And I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about him this season. Yeah, I, I've, I'm not too worried about it. And I, I think in round seven, I mean, I think probably the worst the worst you're getting is what you got last year. And as 11 points, 12 rebounds, 1.3 blocks. And I can live with that in round seven. And I And I do think he's got the chance uh for more Anyeka Kongwu is coming on but the Hawks you know have hopes of contending this year they're not just going to ditch their starting center who's one of the highest paid players on the team you yeah know? it's just that we if we're talking round seven I think I've seen him go later so maybe this is unfair but like if it's like MPJ or Clint Capella I want MPJ you know the upside there's just there's not yeah. a lot of upside on Clint anymore it's kind of like yeah I need a center at this point he's a solid center but I don't think he's really going to massively exceed that position. That's fair. That's fair. So I guess my next player up here is, uh, and I guess kind of a similar idea where a guy in a similar part of the draft where I never really figured out where I landed, and that's Bradley Beal. His Yahoo ADP has settled at 35.4, and that's obviously coming off a disappointing season where he only played 40 games. I mean, in theory, we should feel great about this. This is a guy who, you know, can be a, a top 15 player, potentially. He has that kind of ceiling. Jared, are you high on Beal this year? Yes. Uh, coming off a year where, per game, he was actually in the 70s in terms of ranking in nine category leagues. Well, I mean, I think he shot like 30% from three last season. He was struggling. It's just, yeah. it's insanely low. I think his average is is close to 38. Uh, he's an elite marksman. So he had a bum wrist that required surgery. I'm going to chalk yeah. it up to that. Uh, I do have a lot of shares of Beal. I think that getting him in round four is incredible value. I'm pretty confident he'll exceed that. You know, aside from last season, he's been a steady top 20 stud forever. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that he's going to have a bounce back year. I also took him in the 30 deep dynasty league, so a little bit biased, but <laughs> Sir Steve. Dude. Last three years, 57, 60, 40 games played. Feel like he's a guy we always should have been drafting in the third round and not at the end of the first round. I always felt like he was overvalued or overhyped when he was going like twelfth or thirteenth. This sounds a lot more reasonable to me. It feels like he, he should be a solid value pick if he can stay healthy this year. I'm always worried about his leg. I uh, had the wrist thing last year. Washington is Washington's always kind of a mess, so they could be in on the tank of Palooza here. But, you know, I have zero Beal on my team, but it's not because I didn't want him on my team. It just – I just had other guys. He's he's a little too, little too uh, old. For my blood, he's not that old. I think he's, tw I think he's 29. I've, I've got yeah, him down as 29. I don't like I the 25 is is pretty much my my cutoff. Uh, I'm gonna double check that age while we're doing it. Yeah, he's 29. Um, that's yeah, I, I'm closer. Still. I'm closer to where you are, Jared, and I think 35. I mean, or or slightly later. 
I, I just, it's just a worthwhile swing to take, you know. Yeah. And the floor last season, granted the injuries were there, but the floor was like twenty three points, six and a half assists, or something like that. Even while he was shooting miserably, I mean, exactly. It was disappointing, but it wasn't like, oh no, this guy's ruining my team. It was just, I'm not getting what I expected, but it was still yeah. pretty good. Three point four, three point four turnovers too. Yeah, yeah, not great, not great, but uh, good That's assist okay numbers. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm cautiously, I, I'm cautiously excited about him, uh, but it's it's taken me a while to get there. Jared, <laughs> Jared convinced me. Steve's still shaking his head. No. Steve, uh, speaking of shaking your head, I know you had some thoughts on uh, Anthony Edwards that you wanted to share, a, a takeaway from draft season here. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, somebody on Twitter was like, why are you so down on Anthony Edwards? I was like, what are you talking about? I love Ant. I love Ant. And uh, <laughs> he's like, well, you had him ranked kind of low in the draft guide. And I went back and looked at it. I did have him ranked too low. So I, I that was just an oversight on my part. Um I do like Anthony Edwards. I really like what's going on in Minnesota. I think they're going to be fun to watch and fun to root for. And, um, you know, Ant's a movie star now. He had the big big Adam Sandler movie uh, over the summer, so he's he's feeling good. And I just feel like uh, he's going he's gonna to take another step forward and, and kind of explode this year, I think. Jared, are you are – you, where are you on Edwards as a guy you really – are going to have to I take love him. In- He's going to be flirting with all-star numbers. I think that he could be an all-star. I just I foresee him taking a massive leap this season. Okay, we have more to come. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The basketball season is almost here, and you can get a jump start on your draft with the Roto World Fantasy Draft Guide. Get player profiles, expert rankings, mock drafts, and more. Use code HOOPS5 at checkout. And get yours for just $5. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. Also, I want to remind you to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Okay, guys, we're back to it. And I'll just say, you know, Steve was saying he doesn't draft players over 25, and this next idea jumps off of that. I think we've gone too far when it comes to not wanting to draft one of my favorite old guys, maybe my favorite old guy, Al Horford. Now, 
This guy was inside the top 50 of nine category leagues last season. He actually played 69 games, which is a great number for pretty much anyone this these days in the NBA. Uh, for the regular season, 10.2 points, 7.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 0.7 steals, 1.3 blocks, 1.3 threes. He was even better than that in the playoffs. Uh, we talk about the scarcity of blocks. I think these are uh, cheap blocks with a Yahoo ADP of 84. Steve, I know I've just convinced you that this is a great value in the seventh round of your draft. It's not exciting, but man, what a great glue guy. You've taken some big swings early. You're going to take some big swings late. This is the linchpin that holds it all together. It's Al Horford. I mean, you're not really wrong. And my problem with Horford, other than the fact that he is like a grandpa. And boring. No, I'm a grandpa. Uh, but <laughs> other than his age, um, I think I just wrote him off at the beginning of the season. Like, this is the year of our Time Lord. And, you know, Robert Williams is going to go nuts and therefore... Al Horford's just going to be a role guy off the bench. And I sort of like wrote off Al Horford at that point. And then Robert Williams got hurt. So now Horford is a lot more relevant now than he was, you know, when we first started doing these drafts. So, uh, and I think if you can get that guy in like the eighth round or wherever, wherever he's, he's going that late, like it's just automatic, automatic uh, free goodies. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is true. Uh, it's just, I don't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Hey. And and I, I get it. Look, I'm not saying that Horford is bad, but I'm just saying that after that <clears throat> Time Lord injury, his ADP just cratered. And I've been actually plucking him up in the eighth round. I know that he's not going to be back for a while. Oh, Time um, Lord. I see. Time Lord. Yeah, but in... in in leagues that offer like multiple IL spots, all my leagues have three. Uh, I think getting Time Lord round eight is excellent value. And it, they're kind of going in the same place. It's usually like Time Lord goes or Al Horford goes and vice versa. Um, I would rather have the Time Lord, even though he's injured, than old man Horford. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, look, it, it's. I'm not saying everyone... Uh, it's not for everyone, but I, I just think that it's a great. I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal value, and I, I don't like drafting that many uh, "quote unquote" boring old guys on my roster. But if I'm going to draft one, I think it's Horford. That's all I'm saying. Well, he was really good last year. I, I don't know how much more rest he's going to get this year. I don't know. I don't know when Father Time catches up with him, but he was really fun and solid last year. You know, and that was the year after. Oklahoma City shut him down early, right? So, yeah. Um, he got shut he down. Yeah, that was the year before. Oh, boy. So, Lost track yeah, of I, the Al Horford timeline. But, I yeah. think uh, no KC Philly and then Boston. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's going to be good. Now, a, a sharp turn in the other direction. I want to talk a little bit about rookies and I want to keep this pretty open ended. Start with you, Jared, and then we'll go to you, Steve. Uh, Jared, did you find yourself drafting many of the rookies this year? Um, top rookies, I should say. And if so, who is your favorite rookie to draft at or around ADP? It's tough to choose between Keegan Murray or Jabari Smith. Um, mm -hmm. But I've had that decision made for me a lot, <laughs> drafting in leagues with Ryan and Zach. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. going to take um, 
They're going to take Tyrese Murray. Halliburton. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to take Keegan Murray before me, but I don't. I don't think is a bad pick. I think is a great pick. I love Jabari yeah. Smith Jr. Uh, I think that getting him, I've been reaching for him round seven. I'm fine with it. I think that he's going to mm-hmm. have an incredible season. Um, a lot of the times where we've seen uh, Evan Mobley would be an example where we saw, or sorry, LaMelo Ball would be an example where we saw someone who was projected to go number one overall, and then they dropped to three. That's what happened with Jabari. He's in an excellent spot in Houston. Houston literally mm-hmm. unloaded Christian Wood to make room for whoever was incoming. And it happened to be Jabari Smith. So I love Mm -hmm. him. I'm fine with taking him round seven. I think he's going to do a lot of good things. I think that he's going to finish with a higher ranking than Shangoon. Yeah, I've been putting both of those guys in my queue next to each other. And I'm kind of like, whichever one is there, I'm going to, I'm going to take, you know, in the, in the sixth round or whatever. And then If they're both there, I'm I'm going Keegan Murray. I'm um, on the Zach, the Zach train with that one. I, I love Keegan Murray. Um, he seems custom built for Sacramento. I don't really trust Mike Brown all that much, and the fact that he hasn't automatically named him a starter kind of makes me mad. But I, I'll get over it. And I think it's going to take more than Mike Brown to hold back Keegan Murray. I think he's going to be a monster. Yeah. So Jabari Smith, we should say, is dealing with an ankle injury, I guess, uh, as of Monday, midday. I think we're a little unsure whether he'll be ready for the opener, but it doesn't sound like anything that should really affect him too significantly. So I wouldn't wouldn't really move him on my draft board as a result of that. I would just know that if I draft him, I may not not have him for the first game, potentially. Isn't Keegan Murray in the protocols, or is that over? Uh, he was. I don't know what the latest is there either. I think he but was again yesterday. A one, a one, two, three game absence isn't going to affect where I draft a guy. Right. Yeah, me either. Uh, I, I do want to ask you guys about Pella Bancaro because on average he is going highest among the rookies. Seventy four point three is his ADP on Yahoo. Jared, uh, less excited about Paolo, or is that more about where you have to draft him to get him? Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I just hate his situation in Orlando, and I've mm-hmm. he's been completely off my radar. I'm just not looking to draft him. I think mm-hmm. amongst the rookies, look, you're going to have about four rookies that are going to have top 100 seasons. Um, last year, in a loaded draft class, we didn't have a single rookie crock the top 50. Um, right. So, Paolo Bancaro, I don't know. It's... If when and if this Jonathan Isak fella ever plays basketball again, that's going to complicate things. Um, they're just loaded at his position. I don't. I, just, I. It's mainly about situation. It's not talent. I think he's a very talented yeah. player, but I just, I'm a little bit concerned about him getting the usage that he needs to be an impactful fantasy hoops player. I'm not worried about Keegan Murray nor Jabari Smith. Same. Mm-hmm. I don't like where you have to draft Paolo Bancaro. I don't. I think the last podcast, Matt, that I did with you, I think I even said, I don't want to draft a single player from the Orlando Magic in any of my mm-hmm. leagues all year. Like, that is my goal going in, is to, to have no Magic players uh, on my roster. And that, that includes Paolo, because I think that place is just, it's a mess. Um, everything Jared said was spot on. I mean, if Jonathan Isaac plays, that complicates things even further. But I think it's mostly, you know, if Paolo was going in the sixth round where Keegan and Jabari mm-hmm. are going, I would probably have him on a couple of teams. I, it's just he's going too early for me. 
I, th- I think I'm also just a tiny bit worried about, you know, the the formula for Paolo what, you know, at Duke and we're not trying to cut and paste college numbers into the NBA, but he was just such a well-rounded across the board guy and so far, I mean just looking at his last two preseason games, granted that's a tiny sample size, but you know, 17 points in each one, great, but only a couple of assists in each one, one steal, no blocks in those two games. I'm just worried like what if He's productive in a real-life NBA sense right off the bat. You know, he's scoring, he's rebounding, but we're not quite getting the the steals, the blocks, the assists that we hope for initially. And and it could be the lights go on, and he's great, and he's better than I think he is. But given that he's the first rookie you have to draft, that that's why I'm not ending up with him, I think, just because I'm not sure. I haven't seen the kind of blow-up preseason game yet that makes you say, wow, this that's what this guy's going to do. You know, yeah. I, so... That's kind of where I've landed on him and why I'm not quite ready to make that investment. Again, around 74 on average in Yahoo Leagues. But hey, man, it could, it could look, I could feel a lot differently a week from now. Um, guys, I want to talk about some of our favorite picks after number 100. And these are, again, on average in Yahoo. In some of your leagues, these guys may go earlier than that. Uh, they may go later than this. I'm going to say the ADP. I'm going to say the name. Uh, and I want to hear kind of just quick hitting thoughts from each of you guys uh, on these guys. And this is starting with the highest ADP outside of 100, lowest, highest, smallest number. Trey Jones, ADP 102.6. Are we excited about him? Are we still excited about him? Still excited. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was okay. reaching for him. I think I was taking him in the in the before that. So yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jalen Smith is sitting at 118.8 on Yahoo. Is the quiet preseason a concern for either of you guys, or is that something to use to our advantage? Marginally concerned? Yeah. You guys can say more than lightning. No, no. It's lightning, but it's not like, whoa, did lightning just strike or not? I don't even know. It's lightning, but let's see the lightning. I want to know there was a lightning strike. All right. Uh, I I feel like we shouldn't overreact to the preseason. That's always something. But we never really even got a nice flash. Like, it just Mm -hmm. really wasn't there. But he was so darn good last year uh, as a starter. So I don't want to ding him too much. Um, Maybe I should. Maybe not like 75 range, maybe not reach for him anymore. But, you know, shoot, if you can get him in the 90s, that still feels like good value. Yep. I, I'm with uh, Jared on that. I'm not reaching for Jalen anymore, but I'm certainly uh, got him in my queue and am ready to take him when it's time. I'm doing a salary draft with Jared and some others this evening. And after I accidentally blow my budget in the first, <laughs> you know, three picks and I yeah. get like three guys I don't want, which is what I always do in salary drafts. I look forward to getting hopefully Jalen Smith at, at a reasonable dollar amount when I have almost no money left. I can't wait. Um, next name, Jared Vanderbilt has an ADP of 120.7. I know Jonas is still excited about him despite the acquisition of Larry Markinen. You guys say what? I mean, I feel like if you need rebounds late, sure. I don't know. He, he's not that exciting to me. And his situation, quite honestly, isn't very good. They brought in his situation was exciting until they brought in 43 more centers. So I'm still a Vando guy. I think Jer- or, uh, Jonas and I are on the same page here because I don't know that Laurie Markkinen is really going to slow him down that much. I don't know that Utah can really depend on Kelly Olenek to run the middle <laughs> to, to be their starting center every night. I, I just think Vanderbilt is 
the perfect fit on a team that's going to blatantly tank for Victor Wembanyama. And, you know, I feel like we have overhyped Jared Vanderbilt in the past. No. Now I feel like he's he's right where he needs to be. Like, I, I think he's going to have a great year. Some say Jared Vanderbilt's always been right where he needs to be, Steve. Some say our hype level is perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect at all times. Um, Same wrong. Cam Johnson of the Suns has an ADP of 127.7. I find myself getting past pick 100 in some leagues, and I don't necessarily want to wait for that ADP on this guy. Uh, uh, What do you think, Jared, about uh, Cam Johnson late in drafts? He's a great guy to take late, especially, you know, with Jay Crowder. He's not going to be there. Uh, It looks like Cam Johnson's going to start. He's shown us what he can do as a starter in the past. It's pretty darn good. Um, I remember, I think it was during training camp or something, uh, he was being interviewed and he was talking about how he wanted to get back more into his scoring. Um, You know, that's who he was all through high school. And then he came to Phoenix and he accepted a significantly uh, smaller role. But maybe there can be a little bit more for him to eat uh, as a starter. Uh, he's still mm-hmm. very young, um, so he, he has more to, to grow as a player. Uh, I think getting him after pick 100, that's solid value. I'm right there with you. Um, the Jay Crowder thing pushes it over the, the top for me. Matt, I remember a couple of years ago when we were watching Cam in the playoffs yeah. and talk, we were texting about Cam Johnson and uh, we're both like, man, I wish I wish the Hawks had a guy like that. And, <laughs> you know, he, he really hasn't been a fantasy factor up to this point, but it feels like the breakout is coming this year. Like, I, I'm I'm kind of all about it. His per 36 line for his career is 15 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, a couple assists, 1.1 steals and 3.23s. And I think not that he's going to get 36 minutes a game this year, but I think those are numbers you can kind of imagine in your brain uh as a realistic kind of median maybe for cam johnson this year that's kind of what i'm picturing 15 16 five boards couple dimes a steal bunch of threes yeah. probably good percentages that's kind of what i'm picturing okay uh bones highland 128.4 is the adp uh are we excited and what do we think of him as do we think of him as a contingency draft pick where uh, if Murray's out, man, he's going to crush it. Or do we think of him as a standalone guy, Jared? I was higher on him um, before uh, we knew that Murray was going to be ready for the opener. Um, now I'm just kind of over the moon with Jamal Murray as a value pick towards the seventh. Um, okay. And that's kind of lowered my um, lowered my feelings towards Bonus Island. Not, sure Not concerned about the hammy. Observe. Not not concerned about the Murray hammy that has popped up. Uh, marginally concerned. Maybe I'll bump him down a couple more rounds, but he's a top 30 player that you can get very late. Steve, I Bones? I am the opposite of over the moon about Jamal Murray. Um, I'm That's scared. a mistake. I'm scared to death of Jamal Murray, man. He was out all year. He's already hurt. We're talking about an eighth-round pick. He's already hurt, Jared. He's already hurt. Uh, no, but I'm not talking about a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Like what? What's the risk here? Like, okay, maybe he has a bad season. I took a swing I love around when eight. You two, I love when you two get chippy with each other. It's maybe eighth. I mean, eighth round is fine, but I, I feel like, I feel like he was going higher than that. When he we wasn't were, when we were drafting. He wasn't. I don't. I, I love Bones Highland, dude. I want Bones Highland on all my teams. 
His per minutes stats are are off the charts. He doesn't. How's he going to get those per minute stats? He doesn't need a ton of minutes to produce. And when your boy Jamal Murray is sitting there in street clothes for half of this season, Bones is going to go off. So, well, that would be true. Yeah, Jamal Murray sits for half the season. Bones Highland will go off, but I don't see that happening. I think he's going to have an incredible bounce back year. I think I'll put my flag on that. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> you guys, are, we are in agree to disagree territory there. Jaden McDaniels, 131.3 on Yahoo. Believe we, we believe he's a starting small forward in Minnesota. We believe he's capable of getting steals, blocks, and threes. Uh, do we like him as a late-round flyer? Yeah. <laughs> an aff- no, an aff- Jared, really, what about you, no. Steve? If he's starting for <laughs> Minnesota, I'm kind of feeling it. But I, I do like him as a sleeper. I mean, you're going to get him in the in the very last round of your draft um, where there's very little risk of anything. I don't think Kyle Anderson should be starting over Jaden McDaniels. Hopefully he starts at small forward for Minnesota and has a good year. But the only problem is you've got D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert all needing the ball in their hands, which means it's going to be very hard for Jaden McDaniels to eat. But, isn't that almost an argument for Kyle Anderson, who doesn't need the ball necessarily or isn't looking to score, but he's a good playmaker? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I excited mean, about slow-mo, but I will draft I will draft Jaden McDaniels. Um, and I, I'll be prepared to drop him if it doesn't work out, but I think it's a worthwhile flyer given his skill set um, and the zero risk involved. Io Desunmu has an ADP of 138.7. Lonzo Ball is out. We don't know when he will be on a basketball court again. Do we like Dasunmu as a, I mean, pick around 140? Yeah, yeah. Uh, seems like he's going to start. And there's word that there's concern of Lonzo not playing at all this season. So, yeah. <clears throat> and he showed us some great flashes uh, his rookie season. Um, so, yeah, if you're taking him with a last round pick, a starting point guard, yeah, that's, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I, I was uh... – I was kind of in on Io last last year, and uh, I'm surprised he's not going a little bit higher than he's going this year. It feels like, like I'm. I don't think we're going to see Lonzo Ball this year, and which is that insane. Stinks. That's insane. Like when that you think stinks. about it, I like Lonzo. Either way, even if we do see him two or three months from now, it's still just a wild situation that it's that it's taken this long. I will never. I will never take the phrase knee soreness lightly again. I see someone has knee soreness. Remember that? It was like, oh, Lonzo Ball has some knee soreness. Oh, okay, no worries. It's fine. Uh, I, it's not always fine. You know, like, let's not just take things at face value when it's something like that. Alexi Pokashevsky, ADP is 139.6. I mean, I don't I don't know. It just seems like he. it's a free swing on a on a guy who could easily be a focal point for this ridiculous team. Doc, you got me. You got me. I'm finally on board. I'm on the Poco train. Uh, I think that, you know, with that Chad Holmgren injury, with some of the flashes he's shown this preseason, uh, I do think that he's finally ready uh, to contribute in a meaningful way in fantasy hoops. Tankapalooza's on in OKC. I like him. I think that he's a solid late-round pick. I did not expect that uh, answer to be coming from Jared (laughs) just now. But... You know, Brandon, is it Rob R? I think is the beat writer for OKC. He and I are always, uh, we're always hyping up the Poku Fest on on the Twitter. And uh, I mean, 
I, first of all, I think Pokeshesi's a lot better. He got better at the end of last year and he's gotten better over the summer. And he's like, I, I think Brandon calls him Poku 3.0. I like that. I love it. I think he's he's getting better. He's he's hopefully gaining a little bit of weight, putting some meat on those bones. And with the tank going on and no Chet, yeah, like I don't know how Poku can really fail this year. Like he's he's going to have ups and downs. There's going to be times when you're you're kind of mad at him. Then again, J.K. Dobbins had 1.5 fantasy points for me on Sunday in my football league, and I'm not cutting him even though I want to. So, yeah, Poku's going to be kind of up and down, but uh, I'm so fired up. I have Poku in probably every league I'm in. That Poku 1.0 uh, edition had some bugs in the system. For sure. <laughs> Very much. Well, the, the, the 2.0 had some glitches, too. <laughs> yeah. The for generation, sure. The third sure. generation. The software. Yeah. yeah. They they they're close to getting it right. Uh, Tari Eason of the Rockets, the rookie. We haven't we talked about rookies earlier. We talked about his teammate actually. How about this guy? One thirty nine point eight on Yahoo. Awesome summer league and preseason. I'm not sure what his minutes look like when the season starts, but I I sure do want to find out, Jared. That's my concern, though. It's just there's so many forwards on this team. There's so many players that play the exact same position as him. I'm not gonna get. But we're talking about a last round pick. Fine. You know, we are like maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but that's my concern. You know, maybe I'll take him with yeah. a last round pick somewhere else. I haven't yet. Um, and I have seen the hype. Like I have seen him, people reaching for him. I'm not going to be one of those people. No. Um, it's, it's just minutes. It's how do, how do they come with Eric Gordon there with Josh Christopher there with Jabari Smith there? You know? Yeah. Well, he and Jabari, I think, I think it's more like, I don't know Eric Gordon and KJ Martin Jr. and I, it just seems like there's so logic many. will pre- would prevail at some point, but I'm not sure. And I just hope I have the patience to wait. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if I will. <laughs> Steve, Matt, I missed the the name you were talking about. Is it Tari, Tari Eason? Eason? Yeah, 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 yeah. Last round pick, last flyer, last round flyer on that guy. I'm I'm there. Um, it's probably got to be a deeper league because I don't even think he's going to get drafted in, in some like 12 team, 12 round leagues. But uh, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to have a fun, fun season. I also, while we're talking about Houston, I have this funny feeling that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to blow up the league this year. That's that's interesting. And it's funny that you bring that up because we had news uh this morning via Woj that uh, the Rockets and KPJ have agreed on a four-year, $82.5 million extension. And I will say, this is a guy who I think at last check actually is going outside the top 100 in Yahoo drafts. Maybe slightly more than that in hyper-competitive leagues earlier than that, I should say. But it's another guy that I just cannot decide what to do. You know, it's like tantalizing upside. And we saw it in a recent preseason game. I think it was 21 points, seven rebounds, six dimes, three steals. We know he can absolutely fill up the stat sheet, but we also fear that he can just completely crater you in percentages and turnovers. Uh, is it worth it, Jared? What do you do? Do you just I'm, pass? I'm passing. I mean, I don't want <clears throat> Russell Westbrook either. So what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, he gets more threes. I mean, <laughs> the, the difference maybe is that KPJ is, you know, 
young enough that he he works out some of those glitches as we were just talking about yeah. i mean it, we have seen guys fix some of those i mean terry rogier is another terry guy who's a, a field goal percentage killer and isn't anymore and mm-hmm. we don't need kpj to be good in field goal free throw and turnovers we need him to not be not crush you in three right or in two maybe you we know? have a lot of data telling us he does though that's the problem i mean i, know. I, you I know, know i'm not saying you know maybe maybe doc's right and maybe he does blow up this year I mean, there's <clears> other <throat> analysts who believe the same thing but i mean i'm just not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna take the plunge i guess is what i'm saying I'll watch I, from the I'm, sidelines. <laughs> right, right. And it's going to be fun to watch from the sidelines on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you, I think so, you need to be careful with KPJ. Like, I'm not telling people to run out there and draft him in, like, the fifth round. But if you can get him in the middle of your draft, like, seven, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, I I think it's worth the risk. I think, I think he's going to blow up. I just do. Okay. Jazz teammates, just a few more names we're going to hit here. Jazz teammates Kelly Olynyk and Walker Kessler are going 141 and 141.7. Do we like either? Do we like both? I actually took both in a draft on Sunday night thinking uh, Olynyk early on, Walker Kessler later uh, in the season, I mean. Anyone? Anyone? Any excitement here? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. Um, I mean, I feel like we are expecting Kelly Olenek to put up the numbers he did in Houston, which is pretty unrealistic in my opinion. I think that the reason he was putting up those numbers is there was like no other offensive options. Um, this team does have offensive options. Uh, Laurie Markinen's one of them. That's the Utah player that I like. Uh, we also went through the whole pre. I think we went through the whole preseason preseason without seeing Yudoka Azebuke. Uh, and I remember that Tony Jones wrote a column um, early in the su- during, sometime during the summer saying that Utah may want to be give big minutes to Yudoka Azebuke to see if he can be an NBA player. Um, so I think that's something that Kessler is going to have to contend with. Also, Jared Vanderbilt. It's just kind of a crowded situation here. Uh, I'm not denying Kessler's talent. This is another situation where I don't love uh, I don't see how he's going to get the minutes or the touches he needs. And Kelly Olenek, I'm never on board with the lunch lady, so <laughs> sorry. Uh, I have always been on board with Kelly Olenek. And then when he when he had his big run in Houston, I kind of felt like I, I had won something or had something to celebrate. And I've kind of moved on to uh, the greener pastures. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many minutes Olenek's going to get in Utah. We all know they're going to be tanking it up. Uh, I don't know that Walker Kessler is ready yet to to really make an impact in the NBA. So I'm not not too excited about him. And I'm just kind of not really that fired up about, about Olenek either. Like, I'd rather take a late flyer on Isaiah Stewart, um, somebody yeah. like that. Yeah, I yeah I agree with that. Isaiah Livers, I think I would rather I'd rather roll. No, no, too far. Honestly, yes, I don't think it's too far (laughs) because they brought in so many centers. I just they brought. Don't they have four centers? They do have a lot of centers. Uh, So Isaiah Uh, Livers is a step too far, Matt. That's like fighting words. I thought so. Nothing against Isaiah Livers, but look, I mean, I just think Walker Kessler and Kelly Olynyk. Sure, is there a chance I drop them in the first week? Absolutely. I, I might I might immediately say, well, that was a mistake. And I might not have the patience with Walker Kessler. I would I would expect at some point this season, Walker Kessler is getting enough minutes at center for Utah 
to be in a big difference maker in block shots. And I don't know when that'll be. And again, he may not be on my roster when that happens. A lot of these late round picks get turned over, you know, so it's really taking a swing. And if you don't like how it looks early in the season, you have to weigh how patient you're going to be. And I'm not the most patient guy in the world. If, so. if, Kess- if Kessler is blocking shots like you guys think he's going to be or like you think he's going to be, I could see him being one of those guys that just bounces on and off of the waiver wire all year. Just like, hey, man, I'm going to pick up Walker Kessler for those blocks. And then you have him and he yeah. scores like three points for the week and gets you four rebounds and, and one and a half blocks. You're like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Um, Just two more real quick names for me before we get out of here, guys. Will Barton has an ADP of 145.5. I think he's set up for, yet again, Will Barton, uh, a late-round guy with some value now with the Wizards. It looks like he's set to be kind of the the go-to small forward there early on. Jared, I see you nodding. Well, I mean, I have him in a a dynasty league. I've had him for almost five years now and i, I don't know <laughs> i don't think i want him in in other leagues so <laughs> i'm gonna pass I, I i get it i think that there's value there but um i want to swing a little bit more for the fences and that feels like a base hit yeah not a not a big barton guy i think for as late as he's going he's worth he's worth taking a swing um but i'd rather go with some young unknown commodity if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do that so late in my draft. 14.7 points, 4.8 boards, 3.9 dimes, uh, 2.23s last year. I think he's an underrated fantasy player. Um and not not awesome. Like the the ceiling probably isn't that high at this point. He doesn't get big defensive stats, but I don't know. I mean, if you're out of ideas late, I just think it's an it's a name to have on a list. And yeah, you could you can do worse. There's there's absolutely some floor here. Last name on my list is Caleb Martin, who I think is off the board in terms of Yahoo ADP and looks set to be uh, the Heat starting power forward. Now, we don't really think of him as a power forward in a traditional sense, but he is a guy who can uh, stuff a stat sheet a little bit and maybe even get you some cheap blocks at the end of your draft. Yeah, I think that's someone that's certainly worth taking a swing on. Um, he's going to be in a starting role, it looks like. It looks like he's going to... The the guy behind him is a rookie, Nikola Jovic. Right. So... Yep. I mean, there's a ton of opportunity here. I, I think that taking yeah. him with a last-round pick, good idea. The P.J. Tucker role going to Caleb Martin, who who may have a who who has a more fantasy-friendly game, I think, than than P.J. Tucker. Yep, I'd rather take a swing on Caleb Martin than Will Barton, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And I do think in the draft I did on Sunday night, Caleb Martin actually went before Will Barton. So I I should have put Caleb Martin higher, guys. I'm sorry. He was last because his his ADP is, I think, off the board. All right. That's it for me, Jared, guys. Do we, know, uh, do we know the draft order for tonight? I'll randomize it right after this pod. Oh, oh man. Maybe you should do it live on the pod. Uh, we can't risk it, Steve. No, we had too many technical technical glitches. We can't risk it. We can't risk it. Once we've downloaded the Poku 3.0, we can do that. But we don't have the update yet. So, got to hold off. Um... That's going to do it for us, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. We are on a Monday-Friday schedule now, so we'll be back on Friday with some takeaways uh, from the very start of the season and some early waiver wire pickups. Uh, Good luck in your upcoming drafts. Good luck with the start of the season. Thanks for listening and watching live. Jared, Steve, thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon.
We're back, baby. Season starts tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.